Hello. Hi. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. I was going to change my my background just to kind of like fit what we were doing, but we can start. And then when it, when it appears, you can be like, oh. It'll blow my mind. It'll blow your mind. Uh, happy almost new year. Oh, God. Are we there? We, I mean, it is, uh, 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 it's New Year's Eve. <laughs> it's, it's, is it going to happen? I don't know. And of course, today here in Dallas, like it's the shittiest fucking weather. It's just like right. gray and cold and pouring. And I think it was Lisa, Lisa Gonzalez, who was like, New Year will not start for me until January 20th. Yeah, I think, um, I think that's uh, me too. Sorry, I'm just like jotting down my last minute notes. Uh, I just oh, I've, I've, dis- I've disappeared, though. You're in the snow. Yeah, I'm in the snow, but oh, well, it's it's not going to work. Um, I wanted to take us to the snow because of the movie we're talking about, but oh, well, it's all right. It won't work. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I don't trust this, uh, the end of the year. I don't know. I don't trust anything. I just. I, ca- I can't see you. Oh, hold on. Really? Yeah, it's it's a black screen. Ha. Oh, there you are. There you are. I was, my, ha- my hair is doing something weird. Please forgive mine. me. <laughs> um, ah, my camera was covered. I think my wife is paranoid that the government is spying on us through the camera. As if well, they, the, they are. Yeah, I'm like, but they don't need that to spy on us. No, I mean, we have, I, I don't see, this is the thing. It's like people are, have recently been like, oh, they're spying on us, like through Facebook. And I'm like, do you know what a social security number is? Yeah, come like, on, y'all. <laughs> They've also, been keeping. They've been keeping track of us forever. Forever. Also, most of y'all ain't doing anything remotely interesting enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I. What do I do? I. I get on. I get on Zoom to talk about horror movies while looking like, you know, eraser head. Yeah. If so. the government, well, I mean, they're not going to get anything. I got nothing. I have nothing right. to offer them. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is like my best Jack Nance. That's pretty ever. awesome. Pretty awesome, yeah. I've reached the, I don't know what the hell's, I need a haircut, but I'm not going to do it right now phase again, you know? Yeah. Just going to wait I get it, it out. Just get that, get that vaccine. <laughs> get that va- yeah, no, I don't want to go out there anymore. People are still pretending like you can go out there and... and yeah, and it's crazy. It's just crazy. We're, I feel like we've made full circle. I feel like we've circled back to the beginning of pandemic time. I agree. In, it, a, it, in a really odd way it's very strange i i don't know if it is the i don't know if it's the like hope of the vaccine or the holidays or a combination of all these things but we very much seem to have have gone full circle where some people are just like fuck it i'm gonna go crazy and i'm like i'm going to do even less than i was already doing which was almost nothing yeah, I'm doubling down on on the doing that. And sometimes, I mean, that's not to say that I don't go crazy or sure. want want to get out or whatever. Of course I do, but I just, I mean, th- this shit's no joke. I know that we keep saying it, and by now, every single one of us, all of us, mm-hmm. have know somebody, yeah, who has been affected in the worst way by this thing, mm-hmm. or have been affected ourselves by it. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, there's it's not no a joke. 
there's no way around it. And I, you know, I know people at all different levels. I mean, I, I had someone very close to me have a horrible time with it. Um, yeah. You know, so, and that's not as bad as some people, you know? Right. So right. locking it down, new president, vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope I like, you know, it's the thing that pisses me off. And I think we talked about it last week too, but you know, there are, there are still nurses and first responders who can't get it, mm-hmm. but our government, our, 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 our senators can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Um, I hear that maybe we should move to California because the rumor I heard was that in California, podcasters are considered essential workers. Um, really? I am sure that is some like deep, deep union shit going on. And it's like if some of them are in AFTRA or something is my guess. Mm-hmm. But I like to think we are essential. I like to think that we are super essential. Um, how else would people know about tacos and right. terror, you know? There's no other way. Oh. There's no other way. Speaking of, can I tell you a, a taco story? <laughs> Please do. Um, so it was late the other night and I was hungry, uh, as I am often. Um, I love this story already. Already. Tried to get uh, tacos y mas, but they were no longer uh, delivering to my neighborhood because uh-huh. I don't really live that close. So I guess right. they were like, nah, we're shutting it down. So Torchies was like the only place open and Aspen put in the order on whatever the on, you know, the app. Um, and we got chips and queso and she got two tacos, but my taco order didn't go through. <gasps> and I like fell into deep fucking despair. Like you would have thought it was the end of the world. Cause it was late. I was really hungry. Didn't have food. All I wanted was a fucking taco. Didn't go through my wife who is a badass called DoorDash, called Torchies. No one was answering. No one was helping. Got in an argument with some poor guy. Nothing was going to be done. They show up. I'm just like, have gone just depressed. My taco is there, Chris. Yes! It was like I was fucking reborn. (laughs) It's the little things. Yeah. It's the little things that count. Yeah. I mean, it's like I get I get verklempt when the Grubhub driver, you know, says th- like "thank you" or "you're welcome" after I say "thank you" via yeah. text. It's like a, that's a nice little interaction. Yeah, yeah. Oh my um, gosh. So yeah, well, ta- what kind of taco, taco did you have? Um, I had. Uh, what is known as there broad church is the brush. I had the brush fire, the broad church. <laughs> remember, yes. remember back in the day when taco I used to filled call- with murder and sadness. <laughs> if you uh, open the taco, there's a kid at the bottom of the cliff. <laughs> uh, I had a brush fire, which is like their version of jerk chicken. It was delicious. I, I, it just was like, yeah, like you said, it was the little things I had convinced myself. I was like, well, I can just eat chips and queso again. I really wanted it. And then it showed up. No. Um, and then I believe I prayed to taco Jesus and became very blasphemous, but whatever, that's neither here nor there. Blasphemous. Um, taco Jesus is real. Y'all taco. Jesus is a thing. And he works at tacos y mas on Ross. Yes. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. So, Hey, we're going to talk about a movie we both like. Yeah. Again, even though you and I are constantly berated, 
uh, for apparently not liking anything, which is not not the truth at all. That is not the case. I like lots of things. I just don't like shitty things. Yeah, and and um, it and pe- people can like whatever the fuck they want. I know, and I and I think that's part of it. Like it's. You know, I got into some stuff and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but like I really disliked Wonder Woman 1984. I thought it was a really mm-hmm. shitty script beyond the filmmaking or whatever. I just thought the script was terrible. I didn't tell anyone not to watch it. I didn't tell anyone they weren't allowed to like it. I just thought it was a garbage screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's and it's like one thing. It's one thing if you like, you know, post it on the Facebook, right? And you mm-hmm. say like, it was a garbage screenplay. And someone comes back and goes, oh, I liked it. You know, I thought it was really cool or yeah. whatever. But it's another thing if like you get attacked yes. for not liking it, right? Yes. And even like I had a friend who was like, I really liked it. And I was like, I'm, I'm glad you did. I, mm-hmm. I didn't. I enjoyed seeing a new movie because it's so rare at this point, but yeah. Right. Um, But the point being, you and I actually like a lot of stuff. We like a lot of stuff. I finally watched a movie that you have been telling me to watch for quite a while uh, called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Mm -hmm. Um, I fucking loved this movie. I know. Jim Cummings, man. I I saw this back around Halloween, I think it was. And, uh, you know, I know that you love a wolf movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, quite frankly, did not know what to expect. Oh, my God. That was my cat. My cat just. <laughs> I, I are your animals acting crazy? Yeah, they're going nuts. Yeah. Middle is going absolutely nuts. Yeah. Jones is, is Jones is like a fucking serial killer <laughs> in our house. He. Is he stalks every single one of us and like attacks us as we tired walk of by. You being there. <laughs> He's tired of us being here and like the two laundry baskets and a whole package of toilet paper just fell off some shelves in the hallway. Oh <laughs> He's just like an crazy animal, like the wolf of Snow Hollow. Like the wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, um yeah, I didn't know what to expect, and I, I don't think it's even even if you thought you knew what you were gonna watch, I don't know that it's possible. Because this movie, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, written, directed, and stars Jim Cummings, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, also, props to anyone who's going to write, direct, and cast themselves as a cop. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Come on. Hey, props to those people. Yeah. Um, Jim Cummings, who is clearly, like, you know, the mind behind this, uh-huh. he, in this movie, The Wolf of Snow Hollow... He manages to blend tone and subgenre in a way that I, I don't know if I have seen. Um, I know. I like this was a horror movie. This was a thriller. This was hysterical at times. It right. was heartbreaking at times. Yeah. It, it, was, it was almost like, movie. yeah. Man, this dude is for real. Yeah, it was the best parts of all. Like, I kept thinking, like, it's the best parts of Fargo and, mm-hmm. like, all those kind of, like, even, I even want, not, not, yeah, a crime movie. Like, those kind of, like, uh, con- like country gothic is what I'm going to, you know. Yeah, I, I think that's a great uh, way to, to nail it, especially Fargo, because we are, this is not set in Fargo, but it's set in the mountains of Utah uh-huh. um, that are, 
cold and covered in snow. And yeah, and and th- that in itself, like I don't know who the cinematographer was. I I meant to look it up this morning and I didn't, but I will and I will post it. I'll post some pictures because the the landscape is in and of itself is is a character. Yeah. This and movie. And it, it serves two purposes in my opinion. Like it does the best, it does the kind of thing that wonderful BBC crime dramas do, which tell you a horrific story, but also make you want to visit that place, sure. you know? Yeah. And this is exactly what the cinematography in Wolf of Snow Hollow does. Mm. It's it, it like makes you go, Oh my God, it, that is like the most remote, lonely place in the world. And it's so beautiful. I want to go there. Yeah. And, and it kind of did, I wrote down, we talked about this, um, I guess last year sometime, I don't remember anyway, because, you know, time means nothing. But when we were talking about the Scandinavian movies, right? Um, this idea that the landscape immediately increases your production value just right. exponentially. So this movie, they think, was roughly made for about $2 million, which I know saying out loud sounds like an absurd amount, but that's but that's a pretty low budget film. Yeah. But because of where it's shot and how it's shot by, right. by the cinematographer and, and you know everyone involved, the the entire crew, lighting, all of that, it makes this movie look like a much bigger film. Yeah. I, I thought. It's beautiful. It's yeah. it's beautiful to look at. And not only, not just the landscape, you know, like they have, there's so many gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous drone shots. Like yeah. beautiful. And it's not what, you know, I say drone shot and people are going to go like, oh, another drone shot. No, no, no. These drone shots like mean something. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, purposeful. It's not just like, hey, I'm going to blow my wad on the drone shot just so that everybody can say I had one. They're absolutely gorgeous. But also the more intimate photography, you know, there are a few places in the movie. I don't know if you, well, you probably do remember Like, and it's mostly at the beginning when we're learning about him and the editing is also brilliant where it keeps cutting back and forth between conversations that he's having and that slow push into the microwave above the stove. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought that was fantastic. And, and and in addition to, to the editing, I thought one thing they did really well um, was this is, I think this is, it happens often, but it's not the easiest thing to do. I think writing or editing wise is essentially seeing the result of the crime and the crime happen simultaneously, right? Yeah. So you have the cops and the coroner looking at the body, moving the plot forward, while at the same time we're flashing to what happened. And I know that's not something they invented, but they did it really effectively. Right. I can't remember the last time I've seen something like that or the last time I've seen it done that effectively. Yeah. Um, and there's never, there's never a moment in those places where you're confused about the storytelling. No. Or you don't know. It's so, it's just so clear, tight, beautiful, concise storytelling. Yeah. And, and I think at the center of it, which I think at least for me made it more than just like, Oh, a cool crime slash werewolf story or whatever you want to call it um is that at the set at the center of this you are essentially watching 
the mental breakdown of, of your protagonist. Yeah. Um, he, he's divorced, right? Yeah. Um, so his marriage has collapsed. He's a young dad. He's 39 and he has a 17 year old daughter. Yeah. It's clear. Like they had this kid right out of school or whatever, or in school, even 22. Um, I did the math. He's trying. So he's, he's, his, his marriage is falling apart, but he has to sort of like be the dad to his daughter. His mother left him. Um, he has issues with that. His father, who is his boss, who's the sheriff, he's a deputy at the beginning, is dying. Right. Um, and so he's clearly trying to run this police force, uh, run the sheriff's department, I mean, deal with being a father, deal with being a son, He's an alcoholic. He's a recovering alcoholic. The first time we see him is in, uh, is really like in a meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or one of the first times we see him, he's, he's in a, he's in a, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. And on top of all that, you're like, Oh God, but he's, it's also really fucking funny. Um, like he finds humor in rage. I think in, in just like a brilliant way and to a point where I'm like, well, this guy's writing for himself, you know? And I think, I do think there's something to be said for that. Not everyone can do it or should do it, but I think writing, and I say this clearly, I'm biased, writing for yourself or writing for people you know um, can be really effective. Like this dude clearly knows what he does well as an actor. And right. He, he sets that up for him, you know? Right. I love, I, you know, I, I, I also have notes. I watched it again last night. Um, I have just one note that says angry men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's full. Like the, 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 the film is full of angry men and they're not, they're not angry for, for frivolous reasons. Like they're angry because shit's happening because they have problems because, you know, and it's all these angry men right. trying to, to figure out, the world around them. Right. It's, it's, um, you know, I was thinking something else that I wrote down. It's like, it's the perfect Gen X werewolf movie. I know we talk about Gen X a lot and it's because we're Gen X. Yeah. It's like the perfect, like a, a guy who's of a certain age where the world is changing and he has no control over it. Yeah. He has, he has one line that's like one of my favorite fucking lines where he's arguing because he is very angry. Yeah. He's making an argument and someone argues back with him and he's like, no, it's not that. He's like, when do I get to be right? Yeah. And like, that is so clearly this like driving question behind him. Right. Um, he's got I, this like, he's got this like sassy daughter, right? Yeah. And she's like, my favorite line, one of my favorite lines is she goes, you're not Ricky Ticky Tavi and you're not grandpa. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, that fits so perfectly in my little niche of growing up. Yeah. Basically you can't control it. These two things can defend anything. Ricky Ticky Tavi and grandpa. You mm-hmm. can't. Um, and at the same time, he does start to learn, right? Cause he has a, a, a woman partner. I love it who's clearly his closest friend and also clearly they are into each other. 
Right. So obviously the one who should be fucking in charge. Right. She's she's way smarter. Way smarter. She's way calmer. She's way kinder. Like she's the one who should be in charge. But he does start to like come to understand things. Like he has that moment where he's like gone and research. I also love this because he goes and researches werewolves at the library. Right. Um, like old fashioned style, right? Like he gets the old books. The spooky books. The spooky books. And he, he discovered, <clears throat> excuse me, he discovers that, um, you know, werewolves and monsters in the past, in the olden times, like long, long ago, were, and we've talked about this, were often used as an excuse um, for committing violence against women who were doing things like, I don't know, having thoughts of their own or wanting to work. Um, and, and he turns to his partner at one point. And he's like, why is it always women? It's always women. And he just goes, have women been dealing with this for, for hundreds of years? And she just fucking. She, she just like looks at him like, are you fucking kidding me? And it's, it's awesome. And it is as ridiculous as he is at moments. He is learning. He right. is also learning how he's failing his daughter in a lot of the same ways his mom failed him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, I, it's heartbreaking and, and, and so bittersweet. That relationship is so wonderful because yeah. you, you, you see, yeah. I mean, you see this guy who's maybe not exactly trying his best to be the dad that he's supposed to, but he doesn't know that he's not trying his best. Right. Does that, does that make sense? Yes. I think he has this idea of what a father should be. And mm-hmm. so it's like, this is how it is instead of actually reacting and learning from your human daughter who's in, in the room. Right. Um, and clearly his father um, played by uh Oh my gosh, what's his name? He passed away. Yeah, this was his last film. Um, Was, when he was younger, obviously an extremely strong, well-respected man. So much so that he will not give up post a sheriff when he's obviously very, very ill. Right. Um, And so it's, it's, yeah, it's like... But he he was also a good... the, The difference is that... His dad is also a good leader. Yes. Like he's not just like a strong, a strong arm guy. Like no. he, it's- he, he knows that in order to, to be the leader, to be the sheriff, that sometimes you have to allow other people to have their own thoughts Yeah, and, and, you know, to, to be kind and to be yeah. gentle and to know when to be strong and when to apologize. Right. I love that moment where he goes, you're just being a fucking asshole about this. And he goes, okay, I'm an asshole. I'll work on it. Now continue. Please tell me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like, I think, as the sheriff, you see, he has like, you know, strength in silence, in listening, all of those things. Whereas our, our protagonist, his an immediate reaction is always, almost always rage. Right. And it's he funny because like, his partner, the woman, she's also, her strengths are also like silence. Mm-hmm. And listening. She's way more like his father than he is. Yeah. She's the only woman in the room and she's always the one that is, she is just listening to everybody. And then 
when she's asked, you know, she, she gets in front of the room and she puts everybody at ease and then says, now we're going to get to work. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, yeah, you always laugh until I bring out the crime scene photos (laughs) and she's brilliant. Like she also in, in most of, of her career, she's generally a comedian. She's a member of a, a comic duo named Garfunkel and Oates. Um, which is like her and her partners, uh, these two women, their, their improv group. Um, she's on uh, another show on Comedy Central. I think it's on Comedy Central. Uh, this like ridiculous take on like old timey things. Um, mm-hmm. So she is, is generally, a, a, at least in, in what I've seen her, is, is generally a comedic actress. I feel um, like, like comedic actors, like when you put them in the right serious role. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and to me, it's like, it's probably because like she, oh, she does comedy because that's what she gets offered. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone saw really- her be funny and they're like, well, that's what she does. Um, she's so great in this. Mm-hmm. She, she's just, I thought was just fantastic. Um, also, like, I feel I have, I have to say this just because I have to give, you know, a lot of times if you if you don't look a certain way. Uh, not a lot of times, all of the times, if you're a woman and you don't look a certain way, they relegate you to certain kinds of roles. Right. You're not going to be a hero or a romantic lead. Right. And she's lovely. That's not to say she's not a lovely person, but she doesn't look like Scarlett Johansson. You know what I mean? She's tall and she's, yeah, she's, yes, of course. She's a, she's a regular person. Yes. You know, Um, Um, but she, she, we would see, Normal yeah, people. Like she's a regular person. She's like five ten, you know. Like, right, five ten with beautiful long red hair, yeah. like gore, big eyes, you know, whatever. Yeah. But she's not pretty in in the in the Hollywood version. She's not of leading, what, uh, leading right. the Hollywood sense, yeah. Which right. I mean, is great. She's perfect for this role. So you got to find your niche. Yeah, and um, I mean, I don't want to. I really don't want to give things away because I love this so much. But I guess like. The center of this story, the, the the main driving force of the plot is we're in this small, almost like ski town in Utah, right? Right. Yeah. Um, Snow Hollow. Snow Hollow. And um, uh, a, a, a woman in, in early on um, is killed. And uh, you come quickly to believe or are led to believe um, that there is a a wolf involved, which mm-hmm. then quickly spirals to werewolf. Right. Um, and you have in this small town sheriff's department, those who believe in things like that. And those who very much do not believe in things like that. Gutierrez and Chavez. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a werewolf. It's a werewolf. <laughs> like, no, it's not. It's a guy. It's not a werewolf. <laughs> um, you know, the establishing like that, that, whole inciting incident thing with that couple right um yeah which that guy was good too like he's see and this is the dude who totally this is my own fucking bias that i have to deal with me too that guy and that woman they are quintessentially hollywood right gorgeous beautiful like these two people and and they're they are the couple that you think you're going to be going ah i hope they die like i hope something happens to them and and the thing is is like they were just out enjoying their night 
like they just wanted to have a nice little trip but but you you have that scene in the hot tub right he is so that dude is so jacked like he's so ripped he's so ripped and she is so perfect she's perfect lady that you're like oh okay they're in my mind, I'm like, oh, here we go. And it's like, oh, that dude's a really good actor. Yeah. He just happens to also be super handsome and ripped. Right. Um, right. Hashtag Bridgerton. I, yes, I've heard about that. I, but I honestly think, I think that's a choice. I think that's oh, a choice. I absolutely think it's a choice. I absolutely think it's a choice because we have, so the scene I was going to talk about before we even get to the ski lodge in the hot tub and all of the things that follow is that they check into the cabin, right? These mm-hmm. two perfect people, ripped guy and snow bunny is what we I'm going to live in LA. From, yeah. And they check in and she's like all being kind of like, I don't know. She's kind of being like an Instagram model or something yeah, like that. Totally. Yeah. And, and they go eat at the little bar or whatever. And he hears there's some guys, locals, townies, mm-hmm. you know, walking out of the bar and he hears one of them use a gay slur mm-hmm. and he gets really, really, really upset. Yes. And they're not even in. I mean, he calls out the town guy. And so there's like a lot of stuff in my head anyway. Tell me if I'm wrong. There's a lot of stuff going on there where we have these two out of towners who are like these perfect people that have mm-hmm. that appear to have money anyway. Yeah, I would think Call, when you're going in, skiing in, in Utah, yeah, sure. In a place where they don't really belong, no. right? Calling out the the locals mm-hmm. for how for what the locals are doing even though and it's shitty even though what the local person said is kind of shitty. Like it is. where, but like, where do you, you're here visiting dude. Right. right? And, you, and you, yeah. you really had no reason. Like you really had no reason to call out that other guy. Right. No. There's a lot of stuff happening at the same time. That's kind of brilliant. I, and I think it's purposeful. And so then he, he calls out the guy and, and there's a shot, a really beautiful shot of the little guy. Mm-hmm. And he t- he's telling him off, and it's a really slow push into this guy's face, right? Mm-hmm. Where he looks insane. Like yeah, he looks that, that dude was good, too. Yeah, and then he just kind of, like, breaks out of it and walks out of the bar. Well, and, and then we have the inciting incident. Yeah, and I thought what was even... I thought there was... A, yeah, that's such a great scene, because it sets up so much about the town and all, all of these things. The dude orders wine... Which, okay, who gives a shit? He's ordering wine. But that's so out of place in that right. bar, especially because he's a man, right? Right. Like, so he undercuts this, immediately undercuts the stereotype he presents. This right. super jack, manly man orders wine and then is completely offended by a, a gay slur, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so we're like, well, who is this guy? Right. The little dude comes after him. Yeah. And he, he is a friend with like a giant dude, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this could get ugly. And it's the big guy who just says, hey, we're going to go. You have a good night. Right. And then kind of leads his little dude friend out. And it's like, I have so many things have been set up and undercut in this first scene. Right. Um, yeah. That, like you said, even um, even before we get 
excuse me, get to the inciting incident. It's so clever visually, the way the story is told, um, dialogue, the way the story is told. And, and you see it, that was honestly, that scene was when I texted you. And I was like, ah, because I told you I was watching it. And you were like, oh, I don't know if you mm-hmm. like it. Let me know. That first scene, I was like, I already really like this. And I yeah. hadn't gotten to the, the you know. With the first thing that happened. You know, and I, the reason I was like, I hope you like it. I Like the last time I saw it, and I was like, oh, you've got to watch it. It's a wolf movie. It's really smart. <clears throat> um, and I, I suspected that you would. But then the more I thought about it, you know, sometimes clever things are annoying. Sure. You know, and, (laughs) you you know, and part of me was like, Oh, maybe Michael will think it's too clever. But upon second, upon second viewing, I was like, no, it's smart. It's smart. That I, that's the, I think that's the difference. And, and everything that happens um, is actually set up. Um, And also I think they do a really good job. And this is not easy of throwing you um, off the scent, <laughs> no pun intended, of, of, of you kind of go back and forth. Yeah. You're like, I, I don't know which group I actually believe here. Well, and that is owed, I think, to the, the actual horror scenes, like the scenes yes. where, where we actually see the, the kills happening, mm-hmm. right? Um, they're, they're brilliantly shot. Dude, and, and oh my the god, gore is used so effectively, and it's gory, and it is fucking gory. But it's not like I never thought it. To me, it was gory in a, in a really effective way, not in a like oh god that kind of way, like a oh my god, oh my god, like, yeah, like what the, what the fuck did was, this? Yeah, right. Yes. That first scene, that like not not the first one. But the second, the, the, the second one yeah. where she's where, oh, oh shit. Like I was watching the first time I saw that and the shot that, you know, exactly was shot I'm talking about. Uh, I mean, I literally was like, holy fuck. What yeah. is that? Yes. Um, and it's, it's not, there's not a ton of it, but mm-hmm. God, when it's used, it's used so well. And then at the same time, I know I'm, I'm now already repeating myself. This is all carried through by this, by our protagonists, like just everything that's causing him to break down. Yeah. Again, because it's a small town that he goes to the funeral of, of the victim, right? Yeah. All of them. And gets fucking berated at this funeral. Like he's he's trying to do the right thing. But as soon as he's challenged, he cannot react like a like a normal, like a normal person. person. And you see this just build and build and build. Um, and I just, I don't know. I just thought it was. I thought everything about it was was great. Um, Gregory, our, our friend, the great Gregory Lush, uh, husband of friend of the show, Marion Bake. Uh, Greg had texted me the other night. He was like, dude, you need to watch Wolf of Snow Hollow right now. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, Christy already told me I was going to watch it later this week. And when I told him I watched it and I really liked it, he referred to it. And this is a quote from the text. I believe it is the perfect indie film. Yeah. And I 
cannot argue that. I, yeah. I cannot argue with that. Yeah. It's, um, it's really, really, really great. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't, I don't know what else to say. It's and it just, lives to me. It lives in, 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 in a world where indie film used to live. Right. Um, the, again, you know, $2 million is, again, it sounds insane. And there's still a difference between having $2 million and being uh, Rodriguez and fucking making El Mariachi for seven grand or whatever he did. Right. Right. Um, that's a, that's a different, that's, that's that's different. A different thing. Um, that's also him. Um, and we could talk about him and how awesome his Mandalorian episode is as well. Right. Um, but two million, dude, that is an indie film. And there was a time this is going to sound so Gen X and I want to punch myself, but like there was a time when that fucking meant something, man. Like it was shot differently. It looked differently. It dealt with plot and story differently. And it was different. It wasn't just a slightly smaller movie under a major studios, independent label. Basically. No, I mean, um, this, this, studio. no, no. I mean, this is like, uh, I mean, we can argue that the, the, the grandfather, the grandfather of the indie film, John Cassavetes. Sure. Um, it's, it, and I'm not, I'm not saying that this movie is like a John Cassavetes movie. No, I'm not saying that. Way but more easy to watch. <laughs> it's way more easy to watch. But you can, you can tell, when you watch a John Cassavetes movie, you know that John Cassavetes didn't give a fuck about what anybody wanted the film, what anybody else thought the film ought to be. Right. It was his film. And you can tell with this film that Jim Cummings knew exactly what the movie needed to be. Mm -hmm. It was his vision. Yeah. He was driving it from beginning to end. And it, he told the story that he wanted to tell. And sometimes it's not an easy story. Like no. some, sometimes it's, it's, it, Sometimes it's stuff that is hard to take. Yeah. You know? And, and I can't imagine, I can't imagine him. I mean, it's so clear that he wrote, directed, and like the, that, that it's this is his thing. I can't imagine pitching this to a large yeah. studio. Like, I don't even know how you, I mean, would begin to encompass like all the different things he's doing. Um, sometimes within the same scene. Right. Um, I mean, there'll be a scene where he goes from like very straight horror or like cop drama to almost like an absurdist comedy. Right. Um, and that's what, like, that's what I mean. It's like there, <laughs> there are there are places like that shot that I'm talking about, the mm -hmm. shot of the camera pushing into the guy at the beginning yeah. or some of those those wonderful shots of of some of the people. I don't want to give too much away. There's yeah. just some amazing shots where, where if this were like a big studio film, I could see like somebody going, why is this shot in here? Right. Exactly. You, we can get rid of this. Right. We can get rid of this, but he knows exactly what he's doing and why he's doing it and why it's important to the story he's telling. And he doesn't, and he doesn't give a fuck. And, and then he knows that something he shows you two minutes in you might be like, what the fuck? But at some point it's going to build and build and build and, and, and pay off. Right. Um, I also love that, that, you know, you know, he made another movie and with this, with, uh, uh, I think a lot of these people were also involved called Thunder Road. Um, but other than that, there's, 
one notable star in this movie. Right. Um, and like you said, it was his last film. Like, this is mainly, I hate the word unknowns. That's just like, but this is like a group of actors that he wants to work with, that he's worked with before. He's mm-hmm. not out chasing big names. Even the name he got is like one of the best fucking actors ever. Right. Um, and honestly, not for a lot of people, not a, probably not a huge name. Not a huge name. Um, and I loved it. And I also looked up and I don't know if this matters. And I know we talk about this a lot and I don't even know where I fall on theater anymore, but um, a lot of these people are theatrically trained. Like right. this is a group of like actor, actors, <laughs> um, you know? Yeah. Actor, actors. It's true. No, it's and, true. I, and I love that. You know? So, okay. So I have a couple of questions for you. Sure. An argument and this may be, some people may not like it, whatever. I don't care, Michael. Um, an argument can be made when you watch this movie that some people will go, like some people might say like, oh, this is a movie, like poor white guy. I don't oh. care. <clears throat> like poor white guy of a certain age. He's saying that we should feel bad for him. I don't feel bad for poor white guys. Mm-hmm. Like the argument can be made for that. Um, I don't feel that way. Sure. I don't feel that way at all because I feel that when you watch something, a play or a movie or whatever, that you need to take yourself out of your own fucking experience for 90 minutes and try and see the world through somebody else's shoes for a change. Yeah. I I, I mean, um, I know that's. And and what I mean is that it might be dismissed. Sure. Um, Yeah. I, you know, uh, um, but they shouldn't. No, and I. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that argument. I mean, I've had someone tell me I shouldn't bother to write anymore because um, I'm only allowed allowed to write what I know. Well, uh, then what, what am I going to direct? Uh, yeah, I, but but <laughs> people basically saying there's no point. Middle aged or men, white men of a certain age, no longer should should bother writing. Um, my argument is one, if you feel that way, fine. You don't have to go see The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, if you think, if you're naive enough to believe that what this man is dealing with and the things he's arguing and presenting don't affect what is still a significant fucking part of the population, I don't know what to fucking say. Right. um, If you're going to dismiss something based on that, fine. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not going to argue. You you can watch what you want to watch. I feel like. I would also say what he's saying doesn't only apply to white dudes. Right. That's what what I'm saying. It's like, take yourself out of your own shoes for a little bit Mm -hmm. and see the world through someone else's gaze for two seconds, you know? And it, it it's much more it's much more complicated than a, a middle aged white dude going through a midlife crisis. Yeah, is what <laughs> I'm saying. And and there's so much more there. There's so much more there. Ah, it's 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 just a really 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 smart movie. It is, and and I mean, look, you you and I, you and I, again, we didn't have two million dollars. However. No. You and I essentially split the duties of what Jim Cummings does when we made mm-hmm. our movie, right? Yeah. I wrote it, you directed it, 
and we both played cops. <laughs> you and I know how, and, and harder for you, because like when you're like, my job was, a lot of my job was done beforehand. You know, we both know how difficult it is <clears throat> to do all of those things. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he not only pulls it off, but I think pulls it off brilliantly. Yeah. It, it, this is a rare thing. And now I'm going to bring up someone that's, that's going to, you know, we always talk about that, that people will get mad at us for bringing up, but like Woody Allen is, is a rare thing. Like yeah. the, the person who can actually write really well, direct really well, and then star in the thing is very rare. And I would say this is even different because Woody Allen generally just plays Woody Allen, right? Right. He's just Woody Allen with a different name in a slightly different situation. <laughs> um, I have to imagine that in real life, Jim Cummings probably wouldn't greet you by grabbing you and beating the shit out of you. Like, I, I, don't <laughs> I hope. <think> that's, <laughs> yeah, I would hope. I assume as he is a functioning human <laughs> in, in this society, that this is at least a, you know, a different, this is not who he is. Right. Um, so I just think like writing that off for any reason uh, is, 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 is foolish. And, and if I can stick with the wolf thing, cause you know, I love <clears throat> wolf movies and. I think you're, I, I'm, I was going to ask my next question and I, but I think you're about to answer it. So go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like going on uh, the sort of like how they can reflect society. It's like, to me, it's like, I would never look at ginger snaps and say poor teen white girls. Like, right. I was, I'm not a teenage girl. I never was. Why should I like, right. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, you know, no, that, that was my next question though. Like as far as like where this wolf wolf movie Mm -hmm. fits into the canon of wolf movies and and what wolf movies say about the culture that we live in right now, mm -hmm. right? Um, they have a tendency to reflect, you know, what's going on. Yeah. As all horror does, but wolf movies do it in a really kind of like pointed way. Yes, they um, really do. How, how does this wolf movie fit into like 2000s? Like the, 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 the 20, this, this decade, this era that we, that we're living in now. Um, do you think? I think this says it in a couple ways and try not to give stuff away. Um, I, th I think, um, I think this movie says, uh, that the, the, in older wolf movies, there is a tragedy to the wolf, right? Mm -hmm. There is, whether it's um, the old Wolfman movies or even Ginger Snaps, like something much more modern, um, there is a tragedy in becoming the wolf. You give, you lose part of your humanity. Um, and no, normally it's not your choice, right? Um, you're cursed or you're, you hit puberty or whatever it is. And I think this movie says we choose to be monsters. That, wow. that we 
as human beings choose to be monsters. Whereas older wolf movies, a lot of older werewolf movies, it is something that is inflicted upon. We all have a monster inside of us, right? Mm-hmm. We all have that. We're all animals at heart. Um, but it's something that we end up not being able to control and, and usually don't bring upon ourselves. And we, we, there's tragedy in that. This, to me, there's no tragedy in that it says, it's at least as far as the werewolf aspect is concerned, I want to be a monster. I think so. I think, I think that's so totally deep. <laughs> it's pretty brilliant. But I think it, 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 it applies not only to like the wolf part of the movie, it applies to everyone else in the movie too. Mm-hmm. Like there is that moment at the very end where uh, just tiny little, I'm just talking about this scene at the very end where they take the daughter to uh, college and she's like, she's just standing in her room and out of nowhere, she just turns around and punches the box. Yeah. And the sheriff is like, are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. Yeah. And there's kind of like a moment of like, Oh <clears throat> shit. Yeah. And then you're also like, she's her daughter. She's her dad's daughter. And like, yeah, I, that, that got the end. It's really great. It's so, oh, so it's good. so great. It's so great. <clears throat> and it, it's it so great. Up, but also not, um, I, you know, I, I feel like it, this is a very different movie, but I feel kind of like when we talked about um, the dark and the wicked, mm-hmm. I, there's not enough good things I can say about this movie. I, I, I really, really, I really loved it. And yeah, I don't think I've like I've heard you be as enthusiastic about a movie as the as when we saw Veronica the first time. Yeah, I mean, I, we both super liked Dark and the Wicked, but like you were really, 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 really enthusiastic about Veronica. Yes, and and yeah. I will say this: Dark and the Wicked, I do love. If <laughs> I feel like I could just go watch this again. Yeah, Dark and the Wicked, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> oh God, here we go. I got to mentally prepare myself. He's right. just doing a different thing. Right. Right. Um, this is, I, I, yeah. And, and, and you talk, Veronica, I think is perfect. That's that you call that. Like I've now watched Veronica probably eight or nine times. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of my favorite, regardless of genre. It is one of my favorite fucking movies. Um, and I really love I really got, yeah, you're right. I was super excited and I want to watch it again. And I think one is kind of what you said at the beginning. Like I had no idea what I, what I was going to be watching and, and every little, like, it was like constantly these like little joyous surprises. When yeah. Something would happen. <laughs> um, really great. There's like, oh, there's that one moment. I love that moment where the set, where we see him after he's like fallen off the wagon. Sorry, y'all. He's fallen off and he goes back to the Alcoholics Anonymous and he's telling everybody off. But we don't, we don't see everybody in the meeting. We just, we just see him telling everyone off. And then he's like, fuck you, Ricky. Or he's like, you know, he's telling someone out. He's like, fuck you, Ricky. Blah, 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 blah. And then Ricky stands up and he's like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And you see him, it's so fucking brilliant. Cause he's a clearly a normal, like tall white dude. Right. Right. 
English, right. Irish, German, what is like close to whatever. And like Ricky must be like <laughs> Ricky must be super. Yeah. But the great thing is that we don't see Ricky. No. We, we just see him looking at Ricky and he's like, fuck off, Ricky. I hate you. Fuck your wife. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I'm leaving. <laughs> yes. And I, and again, like it goes back to what you were saying. Like he so obviously knew what this movie was. Right. Because another, if another person was in charge or if a studio exec was in charge, they were like, well, why don't we see Ricky? Like what's, we need to see that he's a, you know, blah, blah. And it's like, right. Oh, this is, this gag is fucking genius. Yeah. It's genius and it's cheaper. Yes, exactly. It's <laughs> it's the beauty of independent film at its best. It's yeah. genius and it's, and it's cheaper. cheaper and it's cheaper. You know, and that, I mean that this movie was full of those moments where you don't need a lot to tell you the story of what's going on. You just, right. he, he, he makes you see the thing that you absolutely need to see mm-hmm. and everything else. You you can you can you can think of it in your own brain. Yeah, you know? it's 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 great. It's um, so really great. My other question is: if you know that there's a killer on the loose in your town, right? Uh-huh. And you've had a scary encounter at a cafe at some point. Uh huh. Don't get out of your car at night. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Don't go, yeah. That is totally the, like, don't go down the mine, Paula moment. Yeah, I'm like, what are you doing? What are you fucking doing? What are you, are you fucking doing? You just left the police station. You just have a daughter. Left, you have a daughter in the He's car. Not. What the fuck? Oh, and that's the other thing. It's like, they go there, man. Oh, absolutely, they do. Hey, speaking of the police station, quick shout out. Uh, Liz Cardenas, who was hugely instrumental in helping us get our movie made. Yeah. Has a, has a, an appearance in the, in the police station scene in this movie. Yeah. One of the suspects getting, or one of the witnesses getting interviewed. Persons of interest. Um, I had no idea she was in it. So that's cool. That's also cool. Like the way they did that is also, Hey, look. And the way we're moving this door. Yeah. This before, but we're getting the information we need. Interesting and cheaper. I don't. I don't know what's happening right now. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, genius and cheaper is going to be the name of uh, the title. Should be the title of this episode. Roxy is. Roxy has entered the building. Roxy's entered the building, and she is smelling my face. I'm sorry, Michael. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. No, that's fine. Um, I, I mean, I feel like we've we've said what we want to say. Go. Uh, this was on Amazon, right? Yeah, and it's on sale right now. Like, don't get scared by the price of rental, even though five ninety nine is nothing. I rented it for one ninety nine. Oh yeah, night. yeah, it was one ninety nine. Yeah. They're like they're doing like end of year stuff. Um, totally worth it. Where worth way more than one ninety nine. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh God. Snow Hollow. We did it's, give you that up. It is gory, just so you know. And but and it's gorgeous. It's also gorgeous. Like it's also a beautiful movie to watch the acting is fantastic the writing is fantastic the directing is fantastic i mean it's it's just it is the wolf movie for our time yes it's great go watch it um thanks to jim john make noise who on our last episode if you haven't heard brought back the fucking christmas theme the the classic taro and tacos christmas theme which which i I love i fucking love it love it um 
again, if you have a movie that you have watched and you want us to watch, uh, let us know, tarantacos at gmail.com or, you know, tag us on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. We are happy to, to, to take your suggestions and, and report back. If, yeah. Yeah. And uh, have, hey, have a safe and happy new year, everyone. Yeah. And hopefully 2021 will, will, will bring good things. <laughs> yeah. Happy new year, Michael. Happy new year, Chrissy. I will uh, talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye Roxy. Bye.